Hello and welcome to the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. I'm Siobhan Booth and I am your host. This podcast is for anyone with an interest in mental health, overcoming anxiety and building confidence. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. Now last week I was talking about what you need to do if anxiety is ruining your life. Uh, So if you haven't listened to that episode, it's a really, really good episode. And I share at the end of the episode some tips of what you can do to make sure really that anxiety doesn't ruin your life. Now, what I'd like to talk about today is a question that I get asked a huge amount. And it is, will hypnotherapy work for me? Now, of course, one of my recommendations on last week's podcast was to get help. Don't ignore the anxiety, get some help and support. And there's a lot of different types of help and support out there. Now, obviously, I'm a hypnotherapist. That's what I qualified in first. Um, So that is the type of therapy that I am most knowledgeable about and the type of therapy that I use every day with clients. So I'm going to talk to you today about hypnotherapy, obviously. Um, But specifically that question, will hypnotherapy work for me? Now, I get asked this question a lot generally by people who are interested in hypnotherapy for anxiety, obviously, but have only ever seen hypnosis on the TV or maybe at like a dodgy Freshers Week show or a stage show where they get people on stage, they get them doing stupid things, they say they're hypnotised. Or on the TV, you get some slightly different ones. So you get Darren Brown, who's a bit more of a, a sophisticated version of that. And in these cases... These people are hypnotised to perform silly actions. So they might cluck like a chicken or, I don't know, all sorts of different things. Um, or in the case of Darren Brown, if you've ever seen any of his um, his episodes on TV, uh, I was trying to think what the word is there. If you've ever seen any of his TV shows, basically, um, he's done quite a few different things, which are quite fascinating to watch. Um, so he managed to get somebody to believe that they were in a zombie apocalypse, Um, He managed to create a massive placebo um, by telling people they'd taken an experimental pill that would help them overcome fear, um, but actually it was all false. Um, So he's a slightly more sophisticated version of the psychology that is those hypnotised people who do the silly things on stage. So what happens for me as a hypnotherapist is that the people who are potentially interested in hypnotherapy they see those things and they think, well, surely that can't be real. Surely it doesn't really work. Or sometimes they're scared that it does work like that. Um, So it becomes quite tricky to answer the question, will hypnotherapy work for me? Now, put simply, the question, do these things really work, is that yes, actually they do in a weird way. So in these cases, the hypnosis works because there are people who are more suggestible than others. Now, suggestibility is a measure of how likely someone is to do something because it's suggested to them. They still have free will. They still have the choice of whether to do it or not. But for whatever reason in that person's mind, they decide to go along with it. Now, this means that when you get somebody who's on a stage, who's in a position of power, who's more knowledgeable, they can suggest things for people to do and the right kind of people will just do them. So they're hypnotised to an extent, but not really in the way that we understand hypnosis now. And this doesn't work for the majority of people. 
especially if you have quite a critical questioning mind if somebody got you on stage and told you to cluck like a chicken you probably go no because I don't want to look stupid Now, stage hypnotists and um, people like Darren Brown, who I think calls himself a mentalist, they have a process they use where they'll determine who will be suggestible enough to do what the hypnotist wants. So you might have noticed this at shows. Um, There'll be certain things they do, like they get the whole audience to stand up. They run through like a, a little hypnosis introduction and then everybody that's hypnotized will stay standing or something like that. And they're basically weeding out the people who are going to be more suggestible so that they can bring those ones up on stage and then they can do the, the comedic um, entertainment, <laughs> shall we say, uh, with those people. So a lot of the language they used is about convincing people that what they're doing is real. So for the people who are actually doing that, it probably feels very real but it's not really what hypnosis is. It's more psychological trickery and using a natural phenomena to get certain types of people to do something that you want them to do. So hypnotherapy is a little bit different (laughs) to, to that. When we use hypnosis in a therapy setting, we're not aiming to get you to cluck like a chicken. Um, I mean, aside from the fact that I guess it could be entertaining for me, I mean, the novelty would wear off quite quickly. But I mean, if I worked with a client, a general normal client that I worked with on a regular basis, um, hypnotised them and then asked them to cluck like a chicken, then probably their reaction would be to open their eyes, look at me and say, "Uh, why? (laughs) So it just, it wouldn't be the same and it wouldn't work like that. So in a therapy situation, we're talking about a hypnosis that's a really relaxed mental state. And the idea really is that we start to quieten down the critical mind. We don't bypass it completely, which is why any of my normal clients wouldn't cluck if I asked them to. But we do calm down that critical mind and stop it from taking such a prominent role in your thoughts. The good thing is when we calm the critical mind down, the brain can start to think differently and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get the brain thinking in different patterns to what it always has. So what happens is when somebody is deeply relaxed under hypnosis, we can start to override those automatic thoughts and update the thinking with something new. So hypnosis basically works in a therapy setting by allowing us to alter our thought processes. And the only reason we would do that is to achieve certain goals. So for example, if we had a client who has a social anxiety and the reason they've come to therapy is because they want to be able to enjoy going to parties, that's our goal, to get somebody to enjoy going to parties. It's very simple. So everything we're doing under hypnosis is all about achieving that goal. So what we do with this client is we start out without hypnosis, talking to them about the issues they're facing. We use cognitive behavioural therapy to work out exactly what thoughts are setting off their anxiety. Often common thoughts like, everyone will think I'm boring. Or what if I do something to make myself look stupid? Or no one really likes me, they just pretend. Or I'm just being invited as a pity. All these kind of thoughts, I mean, there's, there's literally hundreds of examples of thoughts that people with social anxiety in this particular situation would have. 
And we look at these examples as negative thoughts or cognitive distortions, which you've heard me talk about before. Now, as I've mentioned a few times, over time, these negative thoughts become automatic. So every time that person thinks about a party, they associate it with fear. I'm scared. Parties are scary. I'm not very good at parties. I'm not very sociable. And you can start to hear some of the beliefs that that person develops. And it becomes automatic. And something that they reinforce themselves over time. I don't enjoy parties. And it can become so ingrained in somebody that even when they're invited to a party, almost straight away they'll be like, oh no, I've been invited to a party. I'm going to have to find a way of getting out of it. Uh, I'm going to have to worry about this now. So even being invited to parties can cause anxiety for people. So what we're looking to do is, obviously we're interested in the cognitive behavioural side of it, so we're interested in those thoughts, and we're interested really in how we're going to change those thoughts. So what's happening to this client is that they consider going to this party, and their critical mind is bringing forward all those negative thoughts. And what happens is, over time, client gets more and more anxious about going to the party, and generally speaking, what people do when they're anxious about something is they avoid doing it. So they're probably the friends of yours that duck out at the last minute or the friends of yours that suddenly can't go. (laughs) Or if it's you and this person sounds a bit like you, then you'll know that you're the person who ends up finding excuses to not go. So what we're aiming to do when we hypnotise a client like that is we're just turning off certain parts of the brain. And then what we're doing is we're asking them to imagine themselves at a party And the idea now is that we can encourage the brain to think differently. So with some guidance, and this is guidance that's pre-arranged, so we would talk about how you'd like to be guided. A client under hypnosis might start to think about how excited they are about a party. And it might not even be that high level. It might be really simple things like being excited about being able to wear uh, a new dress or a new shirt. We might be able to get them thinking about how they will look forward to seeing people that they haven't seen for a while, how they might look forward to catching up with people, how they might be able to look forward to telling people some small piece of news about their life at the moment. And what we can do is we can start to develop this and we can start to help the brain to imagine that person maybe having a nice chat at a party, enjoying the party, But the crucial thing is that we're starting to break those links between the party and fear. And that's the important thing. We're breaking those links between the thing that scares you and the feeling of being scared. And in the case of things like parties, it's because we can. We can rationalise that. So for some people who are more suggestible, then it can be that one session would be enough to break those links. Change the way you think completely and overcome your anxiety, just like that. In my experience, that's a very rare number of people. For the majority of people, this is something that has to be done several times. It has to be practised. It has to be explored upon. Because as soon as you come out of hypnosis, or even occasionally under hypnosis too, if someone's not focusing enough, that critical brain can come back. And it can make you doubt yourself and it can make you question things and it can make you think of other things that might have been an issue. 
So what we need in that situation is for the client to keep practicing, practicing over and over again. So we can teach people how to hypnotize themselves. Um, I like to give clients MP3s of the hypnosis work we do so they can practice it. Because like the negative thoughts became automatic, so can more positive thoughts as well. And the more people practice, the better the results they get. So can anyone be hypnotised? Now, when we talk about hypnosis as a relaxation style technique, then in theory, yes, when we're talking about therapy. It is possible if someone really, really doesn't want to be hypnotised, then there's nothing that I personally could do to force them into a hypnotised state. That would never happen. It's not really an option at all. And what can happen with me is sometimes I do work with people who struggle at first. So they find it a bit weird or uh, some people get very giggly uh, when you first try and do hypnosis. Um, But that's absolutely fine, actually. That's really not a problem because you're not expected to be good at hypnosis from the first session. So it's entirely possible that people do struggle with it at first. But over time, as you practice, you become better at it. Your brain becomes better at focusing. It becomes better at focusing on what you want it to focus on instead of firing all these random thoughts at you. And over time, you get better at it and it becomes more enjoyable, much more comfortable, much more easy to do. So it's normal to struggle at first. But then generally speaking, when you chat to people and when you take them through the process, they start to understand why we're doing it what the point is, what the process is. And generally speaking, I found that when people understand something like that, they're a lot more happy to go along with it. So does it matter how good the hypnotist is? When we're talking about therapy, um, yes, but not always, which is an interesting one. And it's an interesting one to admit as a therapist as well, that it's not all about your skill as a hypnotist. What is very well documented is that the relationship between the client and the therapist, uh, some people call this the therapeutic alliance, has a huge impact on the outcomes of therapy. So it might be that if you've had hypnosis in the past and it hasn't really worked for you, then it may be because you didn't entirely like the therapist that you were seeing. Now, this is okay, by the way. It does happen and it's perfectly okay to find a therapist that you prefer working with because it's a very intimate thing, this. We're talking, particularly me, on a daily basis, I'm talking to people about their deepest, darkest fears, the things that they're most scared of in their life, their fears of not being able to succeed at things. I mean, these are really deeply personal things. And if you don't get on with the person that you're talking to, um, then it's not going to work very well. So most of the skill really is in being able to put your client at ease, answer questions well, and explain the benefits well enough that a client feels comfortable working with you. And this is the key thing. So hypnotherapy is quite a collaborative approach because there's no point in me telling you something that you need to think if it doesn't work for you. We have to find the approach that works best for you. So will it work for you? Back to my original question, will hypnotherapy work for you? If you're thinking this, if you're querying this, if you're curious about hypnotherapy yourself, then in theory, yes, 
it could very well work for you. My advice would be to do some research, um, have a look into any therapist that you're considering going to see. Make sure they talk about things in a way that makes sense to you. And like many types of talking therapy, hypnotherapy works best if you're prepared to give it a go and practice between sessions. So you need a bit of an open mind, you need a bit of an attitude of, right, I'm just going to give this a try and see what happens. And then you do need to go away and do the exercises between sessions. This sounds like a lot of work and to a certain extent it can be. So if you're hoping that somebody else is going to help you fix everything for you, this probably won't be the right approach for you, unfortunately. But actually hypnotherapy works so well and has become so popular because people can actually learn to take control of their issue themselves. Once we've taught you what hypnosis is, how it works and how you can do it for yourself, you can then go away after your course of sessions is finished and you can actually use that in whatever situation you like. I work with hypnosis obviously on a daily basis, but I still use self-hypnosis myself. There are still things that come up in my life that make me a little bit nervous or are a bit out of my comfort zone. So it becomes a skill that you can use for the rest of your life, which is absolutely amazing because it means that you as the client can take an active part in your recovery. You can actually have something to do with it. So people who have recovered from things like anxiety are amazing people. It takes amazing strength to do that. And the cool thing about hypnotherapy is that it's all your work. I can show you how to do it. I can teach you this skill. I can help guide you to make sure that you're using it in the best way possible. But you're the person who takes an active part in their recovery. So you can actually help yourself overcome anxiety. So I'm going to talk briefly about the benefits of online hypnotherapy because this is something I often get asked about as well because I can work with people in my clinic which is based in Andover but I also have an online option as well. Now online hypnotherapy actually has loads of benefits to it. Um, in person is great because you can get a bit more of a personal approach, you can get a bit more feedback from somebody but online has some fantastic benefits too. So in my opinion, it's kind of the best of both worlds because you get all the same benefits, but you can do it in the comfort of your own home at a pace that suits you and in complete privacy. So if you're particularly nervous about hypnotherapy or hypnosis as a therapy, but you're kind of tempted or desperate enough to give it a go, then the online option is a great way of doing it entirely on your own. So you don't have to worry about somebody else trying to influence you or whatever concerns you might have. So you can find out more about online hypnotherapy by heading to my website. If you head to www.anxietytoconfidence.com, then you can find a section on my website which is called Course Options. And the middle section, I think it is, is my online hypnotherapy course. And it's a self-help course that has been designed specifically to take you from anxiety through to confidence. So there are several hypnosis MP3s that you can download and a whole load of cognitive behavioural therapy exercises as well. So you can work on it from a kind of cognitive way and also from a hypnotherapy way as well. And it's a really cool course. So you learn all about cognitive distortions, how to find alternative thoughts, um, which we were talking about in the example of the party 
how to fix those cognitive distortions. So basically how you can go about changing the way you think, because we can do this under hypnosis, but there's also an active way you can do it too, which is really, really cool. Obviously, there's the hypnosis work and how you can learn to do that for yourself at home. It also teaches you things like visualization, um, which is a really useful tool. A lot of sports people use it to imagine themselves performing at their best in order to practice being as good as they can be. So that's a really popular one. And people like to use it if they have a particular situation that they are scared of. And then there's a few extra bits and pieces in here as well. So we also talk about communication styles. And the idea of this is to help you understand how you're coming across to other people. Because often people with anxiety can come across in a way that they don't intend to come across. Um, so it's really useful to help you consider how you talk to people, how you behave in different situations. And included in that sort of section is a load of information on assertiveness so how you can do clear calm clear communication and really this is quite a key aspect of kind of telling other people how you deserve to be treated um, so it's an opportunity to learn how to be assertive um, i'll do a future episode on assertiveness for a lot more detail but it's a really good thing to learn how to do, particularly when you have um, anxiety. And then there's also a bonus module on mindfulness. Now, mindfulness and self-hypnosis have a lot of overlap, but mindfulness is a fantastic therapy on its own as well. Um, so there's also a bonus module at the moment, which will introduce you to simple mindfulness and how you can incorporate it easily into your everyday life um, and an extra MP3 for you to use as well. So make sure you go check that out. Have a look. Um, there's a really great video on the website which shows you exactly everything that is included in it. Um, all the different modules, what's there, how to use it and things like that. So you can get a really good look of how it, how it works. In the meantime, I hope you have a great Valentine's Day. Um, for those of you who are listening to this on a different date, this podcast went out on the 14th of February. Uh, so I hope you have a lovely Valentine's Day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. You can find more information and my extensive blog at www.anxietytoconfidence.com. That's the number two, anxietytoconfidence.com.